And welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. How you doing, MD? I'm doing great, pal. How about you? Uh, fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. Here we are, a lovely weekend. We had an exciting week, and I'm glad to, to get your thoughts on the week. Yeah. Well, um, just so we can deal with the logistics, because people confuse logistics with intelligence. <laughs> um, I'm in lovely Scottsdale, Arizona. And you're in lovely Connecticut, right? Sure. Yeah, Connecticut. Yeah. Oh. Some people aspire to live there. I mean, it, Greenwich is the hedge fund capital of the world, right? I didn't realize that there were so many. I mean, I knew there was a lot, but there, yeah. I read I read a lovely article that you sent to me that, that had a nice little snippet about how many hedge funds there are actually in your town. Um, 60, yeah. 60, 65, you know? Uh, yeah, um, whatever it takes. And you speak so highly of those people. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. You take a kid from the Midwest, all he wants to do, the little acorn <laughs> becomes the oak. <laughs> and he, he plops down in Greenwich, Connecticut at the tender age of 27. Mm. And he starts speculating in wheat. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. Um, so, you know, I had told you, uh, you know, we took a couple weeks off because Cheryl mm-hmm. was like on me because I was tired and I had a little, like a little disc problem. And mm-hmm. So um, uh, I got some physical therapy from Travis. Okay. And uh, like my energy levels have exploded. I, I feel like I'm 50 years old. Because well, you're not burning 40,000 calories and 10,000 watts a week on your bike. Oh, my bike. God. That's it's fucking already. crazy. It's fucking crazy. Imagine, imagine that. You feel better when you stopped abusing yourself. Go physically. figure. Go figure. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know whether we're going to pull this off, but uh, there's so much going on. I thought we – and plus, you know, we played to the um, – the the meme of uh, inside baseball, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought we could try and have a, a double header, um, slightly different, in that uh, we'd have one broadcast today, and maybe mm-hmm. we'd do another one tomorrow. Are you you up mm-hmm. for that? If there is a tomorrow, absolutely. <laughs> we had dinner let's, with this couple. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's get let's get through today and see what the network says about tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant like nuclear war. Well, no, no, no. We'll get to that later. So um, we had dinner with the neighbors uh, yesterday uh, in Scottsdale, and he's a real estate guy, and uh, you know she's the you know stay-at-home mom, raised the family, mm-hmm. and so 
she was kind of picking my brain about the Putin thing and worried about nuclear war. And um, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that mm -hmm. uh, at the moment. But so the, the, the bill comes. And, you know, it, it, around these parts, uh, people generally just split it. That's mm -hmm. kind of how it goes, right? But sure. apparently at this restaurant, and I'm going to use the name and you will see why, because I don't normally reference the name of a restaurant, but it's called Sumo Maya. And I think it's in Scottsdale, Arizona. And um, the reason I mention it is apparently during COVID times, uh, the restaurants, as you know, were suffering a little bit. So they mm -hmm. ran a special. So if you ordered carryout, they gave you like a uh, a gift card. Okay. So uh, the next door neighbor ordered, you know, for like a year. He's been is his favorite restaurant. So like twice a week, he's or whatever it is. I'm making. Yeah. But right, yeah. So he, he gets this. He's got this gift card. It's got like four hundred bucks on it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, the bill comes and he gives the the. Uh, wait person the card and uh, his credit card to pay for the difference because it should be a little more and disappears and then the manager comes over and this is where your expertise in the restaurant business may help because this is never you know this is this is one of the several businesses I've failed at mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but so the manager I think it's the manager he points to the gift card and there's a little hole cut in the upper right-hand corner of it. And um, Cheryl and I have a policy about gift cards. We don't believe in them. We don't give them. We don't use them. It's like it's like mm -hmm. stupidest thing ever. Mm -hmm. But the manager points to the to the gift card and says, "This is expired." Oh. And the guy who lives across the street from me, nicest guy in the world, but. He's a real estate guy, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, uh, us real estate guys, and I'm I'm back in the real estate game. Okay, you know, it's all shits and giggles till you you try and pull a fast one. And he's look, he looks at the manager and he says, "How am I supposed to know that a little hole cut in a gift card means that it's got an expiration date? Nowhere on the card does it say expires in sixty days." And yeah. the manager. It's just, it's just basically the fuck you. Like, wow. hey, that's the deal. Sorry. And and you could just feel the temperature escalate. And this, my neighbor, he needs the 600 bucks, like, right. you know, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. a picking a penny up off the ground, right? But of course, now it's yep. being Jewish and it's mm -hmm. Friday night and it, it's, you know, it's Shabbos. We got to mm -hmm. do the right thing, right? <laughs> so so he, he says, He's arguing with the manager, and I'm looking at the thing, and, and I told you I love going into situations where there's stress because it's just I just I just start laughing, <laughs> so I'm laughing, and the manager gives me a, a dirty look, and I said I gotta be honest with you, pal. That little hole looks like it's supposed to go on your fucking keychain, like the the Safeway. Mm -hmm. card sure. Yeah. Yeah. So then go back and forth for twenty minutes. <laughs> Excuse me, ten minutes. Mm -hmm. And all I'm thinking is, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, fantastic dining experience. The, first of all, the place is packed. 
with <sighs> a target-rich environment. Of course. And all I'm going to say, I, I, you know. I anyway, understand. I understand. So, so I'm hanging out, and I'm thinking all of a sudden, back to my restaurant days, why argue with the customer, okay? So let's say I'm the manager, and let's say for whatever reason, there's an expiration date on the thing. This is what I would do. And then you tell me how you would do it. I would say, listen, I want to apologize. There's obviously some miscommunication. What I'd like to do is a couple of things. One is I'd like to offer you either dessert on the house or a drink at the bar. And then on Monday, call the office and we'll get to the bottom of it. But in the meantime, I don't have the latitude to authorize this. That's that's the way I would go with it. Because mm-hmm. a sixteen dollar dessert costs what? A buck eighty? Exactly. And yep. a cocktail yeah, costs less than that. zero. Right? right. Yep. But no, this guy's going toe to toe. And <sighs> how how would you have managed that, do you think? I, I, I can tell you that I personally I always play the long game and I'm not going to battle this dude for nickels and dimes. If I see that he, first of all, he should know if he's getting takeout twice a week, you should recognize the face and he should be treated accordingly. And if that does come up with the gift card sketchiness in the expiration date, I am giving that, I am taking that gift card. I am eating it and I'll fight my boss on it. And I'll be like, look, that's bullshit. It wasn't, ex- you know, expiration yeah. okay. or not, you know, th- I'm not, embarrassing you and the restaurant in front of customers like that, you know? And I can tell you like my, having my wife as a restaurant owner, my wife knows every customer that comes in there by name and that that would never fly on on her watch. Um, yeah, not, non issue. So yeah, Scott's there. Okay. All right. So Sumamaya. There you go. Check it out. (laughs) You got 10,000 people. You get free, you know, you're getting, (laughs) um, Ah, let's see. In other news, young Madeline uh, somehow got the login to our website. Oh. And uh, Madeline meeting Madeline Louise Sachs. Mm -hmm. And she reports that we're getting a lot of hits on our website, which, of course, is in my area of responsibility. So I'd like to pat myself on the back for that, if you don't mind. uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention about the website. Um, first of all, uh, I just put shit up there that I think is interesting. And if people want to look at it, fine. If not, fine. But, you know, it's all about me and Liam. And if you want to come along for the ride, come along for the ride. And if not, you know, wait till the bus, you, you know, pull, yeah. pull the cord. It'll pull over. You can get off the bus, right? You don't um, like it. Don't look. Yeah. Um, so one of our listeners, and I've meant to write his screen name down and I forgot, but um, he made the point about Winston Churchill in World War II and how Churchill was a blowhard and he had a hissy fit at Yalta and yada, yada, yada. And what I would like to say first and foremost is I get it. I, I get it. I think that the listener makes an excellent point. Um, as as you know, I've read tons about mm-hmm. Churchill. I've read tons by Churchill. Uh, I've read tons about people who worked with him in writing. And 
the guy was tough. I mean, not tough in a benevolent way. Like he was a prick in, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and reduced people to tears all the time and uh, grabbed credit whenever he could. And in fact, he once had a comment along the lines of history will treat me well because I will write it. And when you um, uh, go through his World War II memoirs, which I've done twice, I think I mentioned that last week uh, or the week before, because I talked to uh, General Petraeus mm -hmm. and we talk, talked about the word alacrity. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I read a book a while ago, I forget the name, but it was basically a book about the writing of Churchill's World War II memoirs. And it was... First of all, he got paid an insane amount of money for it. Like, I, I could be wrong, but in today's dollars, I think he got like 50 million bucks or some insane yeah, thing. Yeah. And uh, so he would ask people to write different sections of it. And I, I think there's stuff in there that, that might just be wrong. Um, I, I, I'm not going to go through item by item, but, mm -hmm. you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff that went on that uh, has been covered over in history. And, and, and a few things come to mind, like, for instance, this Neville Chamberlain thing and then the India-Pakistan thing. Those are two things that come to mind right away. So you may, like I did until I, I read this recently, believe Neville Chamberlain was a huge wimp, gave in to Hitler and uh, should have stood up to Hitler, and then we never would have had World War II. Well, kind of a guy who uh, revisited history said, look, you got to understand where the world was at that point, okay? You had World War I at that point known as the Great War, and you had, I'm guessing, millions of young men killed, maimed, injured, right? and economies devastated and there wasn't the appetite to go back to that right so chamberlain's approach was let's see what we can do if there's anything we can do to avoid the war secondly chamberlain uh who i believe i believe a little interesting factoid I believe he spent several years in the Bahamas growing sisal. Um, you don't have to look that up now. That that could be just a fun fact, but I think I recall reading that somewhere. What is sisal? It's uh, it's like uh, not a straw, but you know, like you use it as a, f a fabric or fiber, maybe. Oh, okay. 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 Well, we can check that. I'm just showing off. Um, okay. It's look what happens. The the physical therapy on that that disc, and like all of a sudden, I'm thinking faster than a speeding <laughs> bullet. So anyway, the second thing about the um, Neville Chamberlain is he was really dialed into the math of the economy, and he knew that if there was going to be a second world war. That was the end of the British Empire as they knew it, that they didn't have the resources to uh, um, maintain the empire the way it was and fight a war against Germany and fight a war potentially against Russia. 
So he tried to negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. In the end, you know, Hitler was a liar, and then you know, the rest is history, as they say. But it, it is someone who kind of likes to understand that history's some facts with a lot of opinions thrown in. I thought that was kind of interesting. So yeah, that's absolutely. Neville Chamberlain thing. The uh, the India Pakistan thing, and I I, I suspect um, Churchill had a bunch to do with this, but I'm not sure how much. But um, I never really realized this. But so uh, you had India, and that was it. And then at some point, I think after World War II in the fifties, I think the British, for whatever reason, decided to cut it up into two countries, India and Pakistan. Okay. And so once again, I'm not going to get held to any of this in terms of being technically correct. This is all the, the ravings of a lunatic. And, and by the way, as I mentioned to Leslie today, not everyone who wears a tin hat is crazy. <laughs> we that That's where we are now. <laughs> Um, apparently when they split India into India and Pakistan, there was like no rhyme or reason where they set these borders. In fact, I believe if you go back and look where they cut up, there's a part, there's a part of Pakistan that you can only get to by water to the other part. It's, it, it's like, it's Pakistan, India, Pakistan, and the and if you can't go through India, you got to go by boat. Wow! So that's the bad part. The worst part is there was a culling. I mean, between the religions there, and I'm not going to try and remember which religions because I'll just offend somebody. But once they separated the country, there were these huge migrations of people trying to find families and religious stuff, and and. Once again, I don't know I have this exactly right, but I think millions of people died. Millions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now was Churchill responsible for that? I, you know, I don't know. Not that I don't care. I, I just don't know. But So this could be another situation where he, uh, he um, might have messed something up. Uh, there's the great debate over uh, Dresden. Mm-hmm. You know, they they basically leveled a uh, mostly civilian town. Now, you can argue, one could argue, I'm not arguing this, but one could argue that in order to end the war, you need to break the the mentality of the population. And leveling a country or leveling a city might accelerate that process, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, it's entirely possible that... Uh, in another situation, he would be tried for crimes against humanity. And so I, I don't know. But um, anyway, that that's kind of my response to the fact that Churchill wasn't everything he seemed. I mean, you know, look, from what everything I've read and heard, he inspired a country to, to rally. And, you know, I... I mean, I don't know how you put a price on that. I mean, it, so uh, I'm a fan because I choose to be. 
if people want to be a hater, and believe me, I'm I'm a hater in plenty of ways, <clears throat> Nancy Pelosi. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I tend to look at him as someone that stood up in a crisis and you know tried his best. So okay, uh, I, I hope you leave. Hopefully, I didn't bore you with that. I no, 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 no. Feel like I'm on a roll. So, um, I thought uh, you know there had been stuff going on in Greenwich lately. Uh, there were some stories you and I have been punching back and forth. Did do you want to talk yeah. about that? They're cringe stories, though. <laughs> That's the only way to describe them is cringe. Um, how, all right, let's start with let's start with the one that's in Arizona. Since you're in Arizona, you sent me this story, and I didn't realize it was. A, <laughs> all right, let's just get right to that. All right, let's we, skip the we, other we, one yeah, for now. Yeah. All right, let's go to this one because you send me a story. Let's I'll set it up. All right, you send me a story, and it's from like you know Fox Scottsdale or NBC Scottsdale, and it's uh, you know Joe Smith or Gary Busey or whatever the guy's name is. Um, Jay Borker. Is, Jay, they, Jay Borker, how you know Jay Borker arrested, charged with plotting to kidnap his ex girlfriend's dog, and I said, all right, well, I know Morris likes bizarre stories, so let me read the article. And so I read the article, and there's a you know a real un, unseemly mugshot, and the and the article says, you know, Jay Borker, you know, thought that he was hiring two you know would be assassins to to either kidnap and kill his girlfriend's dog to inflict emotional pain on his girlfriend when in reality he was talking to two tempe police officers okay and the cops were like yeah yeah well we, we'll take care of that for you there jay um it'll be 15 grand so jay coughs up 15 grand you know an hour later he's in bracelets getting his mug shot all right down at tempe pd so i'm saying to myself all right all right, all right, so it's a bizarre story. Then, like the last last sentence is, he posted a five million dollar bond. So I said to myself, you know, five million dollar bond seems really steep for like you know an alleged dog napping. So and I said, Morris, I said, all right, you know, how why was his bond so high? <laughs> Morris writes back because he worked with me at. Go ahead to explain why his bond was so high. <laughs> I think the story was he was going to have his girlfriend kidnapped and the girlfriend's dog killed. Okay. So, so it's straight out of a page of John Wick, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, Jay Borker. And the only reason I mentioned this is because it was in the fucking newspaper. Okay. All over. Yeah. Jay Borker might have been trader number two or three at Greenwich Capital. So, uh, yeah, and, and and there's more interaction between Saxes and Borkers, which I'm going to leave out. But okay, um, yeah, I I I knew him, and uh, he ran for a brief period of time the international trading, which uh, got moved to someone else, and then eventually ended up in my lap. But um, yeah, he he worked at Greenwich Capital, and did, this, uh, did, did you ever see this coming? Advice I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I, I, I shouldn't even. All right. Okay. I did. So. The, the the guy who the guy who sent me the note. Okay. Mm-hmm. He said this. Apparently, years ago, the guy who sent me the note said, "I'm thinking of working with Jay. What do you think?" And he said, in typical Motown fashion, I gave the guy a funny look, and I said, "Look, 
before you decide whether you're going to work with them or not, go play golf with them and then decide. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's we say this all the time. The fucking show writes itself. Dude, number two trader at Greenwich. I mean, he's managing serious, serious positions with a lot of risk, responsibility, and and high high level intelligence warranted. Okay. When when I say number two, when when I say number two, I mean when Greenwich Capital was new. Like mm-hmm. the second guy hired, so mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he was in on the ground floor, and yeah. <laughs> so let's let's okay. let's let's move on. <laughs> what else Check you got off the list? Um, th- I mean, if you want to, if we're gonna go back now that we're in in Greenwich, if we're gonna go to scandals, this has been this is right New York Post stuff. Um, and I know you stay aware of what goes on in town, but this is, I mean, I I, I was reading the Post, and, and it says. You want to read the article, or you want to? You, you got the headline. Um, I don't want to. Uh, I don't. I don't want to create the headline. You know. Um, but well, it's basically. This, go ahead. Greenwich mom arrested um, or pleaded guilty to voyeurism. Greenwich Greenwich mom voyeur mom was recording the kids, and you know goes into court, and the whole thing is a, is a nightmare. Okay. When you say recording the kids, you mean like an eight year old birthday party with the pinata and the clown? I, I, there, there wasn't a lot of detail. I don't get the impression that that is a criminal act. Um, but, but to answer your question, it, it, it was probably a little bit more than that. Okay. Um, like maybe but a it's a, it's pie a, in the face. Oh, I, again, again, <laughs> something in the face anyway. <laughs> this is this is where the, the these are the again. It's the kids that suffer. Okay. Um. All right, see, she's already gotten it scrubbed from Google because she's gotten it knocked down in the search results. All right, um, okay. so, so she's had her; they've had her PR team working on it. Connecticut socialite mom admits to secretly filming minors in her mansion. All right, so there's your headline um, from the New York Post. Okay, so that's, Connecticut that, socialite that's mom a, admits to that's a quote, secretly, right? Yeah, that is a that's quote, a quote yeah. from the New York Post. And she pled guilty. This is the news. She pled guilty to secretly recording three people, including a child in a sexual situation in her multi-million dollar Greenwich mansion. That was in Bellhaven, right? Uh, she got a felon. Oh, no. Two, the two charges. She got her felonies dropped. But then they 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 got the psychologist, too. A bunch of people went to jail. She She's got she's going to do some time. And then the judge unsealed it. And then they, they got the psychologist for not reporting it. Now, I spoke to someone and I probably. It's hearsay. I think that's hearsay. There's some hearsay, but I, from the rumor is it's a bitter divorce and and that it's husband versus wife and it's mudsling. The bottom line is it's a it's a crap it's a classic Greenwich saga. Okay. Um, yeah. Where yeah. you know there's mo- there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of money. A lot of bad decisions were made, and it's again it's the cover up. Okay. It's, it's just a multi layered yeah. onion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not yeah. great. It's not always- great. For, not great for the town right now. No, well, you know, Bellhaven. If you're going to murder someone, Bellhaven's the spot, right? Because they they had that <laughs> yeah. murder there 30 years ago. They couldn't right. figure out with a bloody putter <laughs> and a person with their head split open. But um, yeah, Bellhaven. Yeah, that's where <sighs> Ray Dalio lives. Seventeen oh. billion dollars. Yeah, I wonder how his year's going so far. You think he's up? 
<laughs> Him and Bill Ackman, they could, jeez. Oh, Billy's down 16%. I, I, but he's still, he's, I mean, his, his online diary see, does not, does not disappoint. Okay. Um, he has no. a lot of thoughts and he makes them, them public on a regular basis. Um, yeah. Well, what else we got? What else we got in Greenwich? Anything? Uh, you, uh, no, we'll, we'll go from Greenwich. We'll go from, from oh, wait, scan. Wait, wait, wait. may I? Um, yeah, I was just going to go down 95 to Larchmont. Uh, let's finish up in Greenwich. Um, <laughs> okay, what did I forget? There's a Russian oh, yeah, whose yeah, name yeah. is Kogan that is a former neighbor of a good friend of yours. In fact, it's the old chestnut. Interesting. I'm so, familiar with you. I'm familiar with your neighborhood. So if I can take you back to I don't know, let's say two thousand and eight. Okay. I don't I don't know, but this is Googleable. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A house that was is two doors down from me is two, I don't know. Two doors two is, doors down. Two doors yeah. down. <laughs> Two clicks. You want to say clicks? <laughs> yeah. Um, the house gets sold to this Russian oligarch, and then the paper it says his name is Kogan, mm-hmm. and apparently, uh, oddly enough, he's in airports dealing with the Russians. Now, you know, airports is actually one of the businesses I had some success with, but oddly enough, our paths never crossed. Okay. Uh, Anyway, um, they bought this house two doors down from me, which was, let's say it's 15,000 square feet. And it had been built by someone who had traveled the world and picked up, it was like Xanadu. So like the the fireplace mantle yeah, had been, yeah. you know, it had been at like the last supper. And, awesome. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, that kind of thing. So the owner goes in and they gut it even down to taking out the pipes and they sell all this stuff. So now you got a house that's a shell, right? It's not, I I would even imagine this point, they lost their, their certificate of occupancy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it becomes, uh, information comes along to old chestnut that they're planning on building a house that has something like the volume, wait for it, of um, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> there, I, I saw diagrams. There were like bathrooms and locker rooms. There would be like a stall, like three toilet stalls for men in the yeah. locker room. There was yeah. like a, a operating room for surgery. They, I, it was like this most insane thing. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. This right. house, and, and it's not just me. I mean, you can you can Google it. There's plenty mm-hmm. of people who are bitching about it. But I'm like, this, I, this cannot happen. Okay. So uh, I put my mind to work on it a little bit. And I realized that there's certain traits that rich people have, uh, ultra rich people. Now, not being one of them, I've had to observe this, but um, take what you can. They don't like to be delayed. They don't like to be told what they can't do. 
Mm-hmm. When they want to do something, they want to do it right away, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Cheryl and I talked about this, and I said, you know, there's this saying, time is death to a deal. I said, you know, if we throw a little money at this, and by the way, it, it didn't end up being a little money. It ended up being a lot of money. But I think there's a shot we can delay this long enough that he has a fit and gives up and goes away. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't really take my personal safety into account, which now that I'm a bit older, I, I look back and maybe that might have been a mistake. But as I told you, one of the biggest shocks of my life is no one's yet to punch me in the face. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> so long story short, I get like one of the top Greenwich guys. And I have to talk him into it because he has a phrase. It was like, I don't normally go to the dark side, which I guess is what they call. So we begin this campaign and we delayed this thing long enough. The fucking guy came, gave up. Did you, and you, so had, now, you had paid actors pack the board meetings? <laughs> I, I actually spoke in a town hall meeting. Okay. And the one of the person, <laughs> this is great. This is great because you can God, imagine I me. To watch and, and that. Fucking, I, I wish there's a tape of this thing. So they get, you know, this Russian woman, I guess, Mrs. Kogan, and she spins some yarn about wanting to raise their kids in the suburbs. And and yeah, yeah. and then I get a chance to speak, and I go, look, <laughs> this is this is just not how it's going to go. They said the woman doesn't speak a word of English. And she's spinning some yarn that makes you, you can almost smell the chocolate chip cookies baking in the oven. (laughs) (laughs) At which point, one of their attorneys starts screaming at me in Russian. This is is in town hall. And I look at him like, I thought this is my time (laughs) to speak. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Diplomacy. um, Anyway, the house is on the market. (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah we'll see i i sent the message to big ed because he's our real estate expert for inside mm-hmm. baseball with old chestnut i think there's a shot they can't sell it like wow. like because of what's going on it could get impaired yeah yeah like, wow. like, let's say you went and bought it and yeah, you yeah. put the money in escrow and the treasury freezes the wow, transaction yeah 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 so, uh anyway um yeah, the other thing you might read is um, the it showed up in one of these stories where I think there were eighteen bathrooms he was trying to build. Twenty six, dude. Twenty six. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so. And yeah, anyway, no, they you, tried to get around it by putting half of it underground. Like it was that's like it? twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Twenty seven thousand yeah. square feet, and half of it was underground. Um, yeah. but they had a nice couple links too. They referenced like Steve Cohen's place that has his own yeah. hockey rink in the Zamboni. They were like, you know, yeah. Steve Cohen put up X Y Z. But did you know, he go to you, jail? Steve Cohen? No, he bought. No, he bought the Mets. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right, oh, but you, you, you brought up Ray Dalio because he's had some problems building his place down in Tribeca too. He's uh, he's aggravated his neighbors where, like you said, the ultra rich don't like to to wait. I don't know what he did, but he he tacked something onto his building downtown and, yeah. of course, pissed everyone off. Um, but yeah. won't yeah. be told no, you know. Yeah. 
So you want to move to Larchmont? We're talking about Larchmont now. Yeah. Well, you sent me that the again. You said you there's a couple of things you want to talk about, and and you sent me, and I, I'm I'm far too young to remember this incident. Um, but there was a it, it's apparently the one of the worst cases of air rage. Oh, that, this that, is that, great. Okay, the, it, this might a, that it, might it, still it, hold up today, despite it's a all of guy. The, it was a Greenwich, Greenwich guy, though. No, he's a Larchmont guy. My mistake. He moved to Greenwich. Okay, he's a large. When, when it happened, he was in Larchmont. Okay, he, then he had to leave Larchmont. He went up. He went up to Greenwich. Okay, um, they ran. They ran him out of Larchmont. Um, yeah, dude, that was what year? What year do you think this is? Nineteen ninety. Uh, like Twenty years ago. Yeah, okay. Something. All right. So t- tell tell the audience the flight number, <gasps> and then they'll. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what was it like. It's still it's still an active flight too. Um, like eighty seven. Uh, okay, no. it doesn't matter. It doesn't Just, matter. Tell them what happened. Can you tell the story? <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, I'll tell the story. You get some guy flying into. I think it was White Plains, and he's sitting in coach, and he gets hammered. Okay. He walks from coach into first class, and the air host hostess, I think, asks him to go back to his seat. Takes his booze away from him, tells him to go right. sit down. Yeah. Yep. yeah. At which point, he hops up on the drink cart, <laughs> defecates, <laughs> and then takes a towel and smears his feces. Mm-hmm. Yep. On the plane. Yep. Um, yep. Did the I... president of Portugal was on the flight. So the president of Portugal <laughs> his, is, is in first class. With secret service there. Yeah. And this lunatic gets liquored up. Um, they take the booze away from him, throws a tantrum. Yeah. Makes a mess of himself on the drink cart. And yeah, they land him at JFK, locked him up. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then, he, and then you know, they, they said, oh, he had, you know, traveling. Do you want to? Can I read his... Uh, his yeah. LinkedIn profile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wall Street investment banker, managing director of the Trust Company of the West. Now, this is embarrassing. He's the first graduating class at the Air Force, MBA from Michigan. Figures is a Michigan guy. And this would never happen yeah. to a Notre Dame alum, but Michigan is a, is a scum school and produces lowlifes. So, oh, this it's is, easy. This easy, is not a easy, shock. Easy, okay. Easy, easy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's always and the kids that anyway, that get hurt. Right. He had worked at Citibank and Drexel. What, he worked at Drexel Burnham Lambert. Imagine oh. that. And yep, and oh. he was returning to, to his home in Greenwich near his native Larchmont, where he had graduated from Iona Prep. Poor Iona Prep gets dragged into this. Mm. Jeez. Yeah. 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 After having two glasses of champagne, he demanded to be moved into the row reserved, reserved for crew members. Yep. Re- began walking around the cabin, pouring himself more champagne from bottles in the galley. Okay, this is before they even took off, all right? This would not happen in 2022. 2022, they'd have an air marshal. You'd be off the plane before yeah. the gangway went up. Um, yeah, yeah what, what, okay. where are you going with this? This is the end. Where, 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 where am I going? <laughs> where do you, you don't have to go anywhere. Okay. Wall, Wall Street, this is Wall Street Investment Bankers Gone Bad edition. Okay. <laughs> it's like the guy said in the movie Wall Street. The beauty of this deal is it funds itself. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Oh, man. So apparently, if it hasn't been clear to people listening, it's clear now that today's episode is going to have nothing to do with the market. Nothing whatsoever. Um, Did we complete our list of things, or is there anything there that uh, the Greenwich stuff that we were talking about? 
We talked about the mom. We talked about the guy crapping on the airplane. We talked about the um, the twenty six toilets. Uh, there were two other things, right? We got Jay Borker. We got the flight attendant. Oh, five. Yeah. Got, okay. Yeah. Okay. The twenty six okay. toilets. Yep. No. Yeah, right. We went through the okay. whole thing. I think. Yeah. Okay. So um, there was one other thing. I and maybe we. It's we're only forty minutes in, but maybe we got. Tomorrow we can do a, a legitimate show. But um, our friends over at the market huddle. Uh, oh, no, Kevin no, 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 no. Patrick. Stop, stop. Hold that thought. Greenwich okay. resident admits defrauding investors of nearly $1.5 oh, million. Oh, oh, Sam Klein. Uh, so, yes, correct. Yeah, Sam Klein. So, so um, <laughs> yes. Sorry, sorry about the audience. <laughs> for that. No, the, the reason I brought this one up is so um, back. When I'm going to London, right? They want me and Cheryl and the girls to move to London so I can run the London office. Yeah. And Cheryl's pregnant with Kate. And anyway, it's like, we can't do it. It's just not going to work. And Cheryl comes mm -hmm. up with the idea that MB will fly to London on Sunday night and he'll fly home from London on Friday night. And he'll do that every other week or something like that. And and uh, everyone decides, hey, we'll do it. You know, going to be a mm -hmm. lot of work, but we'll do it. Show also signs me up on Saturday mornings to be the, like, assistant soccer coach of, like, the Greenwich thing, right? So, you know, if you, if you weren't convinced that parents in Greenwich were, were douchebags, all you need to do is be a, a coach for fucking soccer. Yeah, go to soccer on Saturday morning. <laughs> so anyway, I trying to be a good father. I think it was Lisa that was playing soccer. And uh, <laughs> so I turn up and I'm like the assistant to the assistant coach, which is perfect. Right. Okay. So just so, for the audience, this is, this is his oldest daughter. So this, this yeah. is no way he's doing this on number three. On number one, he's giving it oh, a shot. Third, I'll, go, third, I'll go coach soccer. <laughs> the third child is raised by wolves. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I turn up and the, the parents are breaking my balls because like the one kid didn't get the right color t-shirt and uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. okay, whatever. So anyway, I meet one of these dads. And we kind of hit it off. Okay. And he bought uh, a beautiful house in Pexland. Okay. Uh, yep. Yep. Magnificent. And we got to be uh, friendly a little bit. And they uh, invited us over for dinner one night. And the, the house is magnificent. And um, I'm looking at the furniture in the house. And I'm like, this looks very familiar. And I said to Cheryl, what do you think? She goes, I bet they use the same decorator. And we, we oddly mm -hmm. enough, you know, as rich people do, we, we have the <laughs> same decorator. Who, by the way, to this day, we still work with. Because I Okay, think got it. But so this Sam Klein guy, uh, I get to know a little bit. And seems like a decent guy. And then, you know, soccer turns to fencing and spring turns to yeah. fall and time goes by. And. And I had ridden my bike by his house, and I just kind of made a mental note. Geez, I wonder whatever happened. And I looked it up, and it's his fucking story. He defrauded people out of millions of dollars. 
it's never good when the first Google resort, the, the, no, it's never good when the first no. Google result is from the U.S. Yeah. Attorney's Office from the District of Connecticut for immediate release. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so can, can we talk about uh, the market huddle? Or you got something else you want to talk about? Yeah. Speaking of the market huddle, I wanted to thank Kevin and tell our readers because I've I've been I've dragged Bill Ackman through the mud and, and brought up his name. But Kevin from Market Huddle sent me that article that all of our readers to get an idea of of my mental image of Bill, whereas Morris is a partner in those Bill. Personally, my uh, there's an article in Vanity Fair. Just go on Google and Google Vanity Fair Bill Ackman bike ride. Okay? Oh, with uh, the guy from um, yes, the, the 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 guy who is the great surfer, Dan Lowe. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Precisely. Yeah. Okay. Read the yeah. article. Vanity Fair bike ride Bill Ackman, and it's just a perfect perfect story yeah. that encapsulates and this is a long time ago just our, our our vibe towards him um it's it's just a great read and also before i forget if anyone listens to this show tonight on saturday inside baseball cast at gmail or go on the website ibwoc.com and put up some comments so we can have a nice show tomorrow and if it's good enough yeah. we'll talk about it um yeah. but i don't want we, we don't need yeah, and if not, then we'll just ignore you because people would rather be abused than ignored. Yeah. And if your qu- comments are terrible, we'll ignore them. Um, I mean, more sees everything, but you know, ignoring is a different story. So I just wanted to thank Kevin for sending me that article because yeah. it's such a it's a great ten minute read that just anyone that's sitting around on a Saturday night should just take a look at that and that really well, and then think about the stuff that goes on recently with him. You know, so, so um, it's been a long time since I read that article, but oh. I will tell you, and I think you. I'm hoping you agree with this. So those two guys, Loeb and Ackman, on the bike are dilettantes, They're, mm-hmm. right? Compared to what you and I and mm-hmm. Big Ed would do, which is like the real fucking deal. Like you go mm-hmm. to a dark place for mm-hmm. 40 minutes of yep. such extreme, right? Okay. <laughs> so I tried, Ed and I tried to slow walk this thing to see if we could get Bill to bet us whether we could beat him at a bike race. Oh, wow. And, but it, it never happened. But because, mm. you know, um, there's been a, one or two pictures of me. People look at me. Nobody looks at this guy and says, this guy's an athlete. And by the way, I'm, I'm not. But <laughs> I worked hard enough biking and rock climbing that I'm competent. Yeah, no, right. on a on a good day, you could rip somebody's legs off if you yeah. had, if you had things lined up correctly on Wednesday night. Old OC was a force to be reckoned with. Oh, but just back, looking at him, you'd be like, "Yeah, thank no you. big deal." Until he's sitting on your wheel for thirty five yeah. minutes and you can't get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> you you honor me with your praise. Right, um, right. Same thing with the rock climbing. Marty, Travis, and I in October. Apparently, I have a bulging disc. We do the Whitney Gilman Ridge. Dude, there's this thing in climbing they call exposure. It's basically yeah. it. This thing was for fucking legitimate, and um, so yeah, I, there's just a couple of sports that I picked up and and, and mm-hmm. I like. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, yeah, market the, huddle, uh, market huddle. So um, I don't really listen to podcasts. I, mm-hmm. I I just I don't know. I got a very short attention span. I read a ton of research, okay, 
And I read a bunch of great re- research this week, which I'm hoping to discuss with you tomorrow if mm-hmm. if the stars line up. Um, but uh, I shot over to the market huddle just because I like to see – sometimes he has Lynn Alden on. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I'm a fan. I think she's pretty talented. I, mm-hmm. If I were managing her career – I would try and get her to modify the way she does things a bit. You've like, been clear I've, about that. You've said that. You've complained like about it before. I know. I've tried to uh, get Kevin to modify his thing. Like he's got his latest articles about robots in Japan. I mean, did did you see Easy. that? No, I I was preparing for our show. I wanted to give it my okay. undivided attention. So okay. not, not yet. Well, there's some article about robots in Japan. I'm like, maybe maybe I misread it, but I'm like. You know, really, we're going to talk about robots in Japan. The world's coming two, to an end. Two, two weeks in a row, you've taken unsolicited, unprovoked shots at poor Kevin Muir. <laughs> well, so anyway, um, I see that they got their friend Harris Cooperman on, Cuppy? aka Cuppy. Now, okay. I don't, I don't think I've ever met Cuppy, but from what I've heard, he's a guy I would like. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And and he has a great comment, and this is what leads me to this, what might be the end of this week's podcast. Um, he says something like, there's no mulligans in trading, which is true. Like, you do a trade, and it works. It doesn't work. If it doesn't work, you lose money. You lose money, right? Yeah. yeah. And so the term mulligan, is it, I don't need to explain it, right? People know what a mulligan is. Okay. Our audience so, certainly does. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I used to play golf, right? Like everything else in my life, I get to a certain level, whether it's bond trading, whether it's hotels, <laughs> mm-hmm. whether it's bike riding, I get to a certain level and it's just, I just, the air gets thin, the engine's cut out, right? <laughs> so anyway, I eventually gave up playing golf because it just, it just, uh, it just was too upsetting. But I had at one point been a member of the Westchester Country Club, mm-hmm. which is a really nice club. Uh, a lot of Italians, a lot of Irish, a couple of Jews. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, you know, we're having lunch after a round. And apparently um, there was a husband and a wife. They had been playing on the south course, which is the easier of the two courses. And what happened was the husband shanked his drive. It hit something and it hit his wife in the head. Okay. So the woman is on the ground. They get the, they get the, um, did I tell you about this? No, no, no. Okay. They, they get the ambulance. They, they rush her to the hospital and, uh, you know, it's, it's touch and go. Right, yeah, the fucking yeah. woman got hit in the head with yeah, a golf, golf ball. ball to the temple. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So yeah. apparently, um, the husband's in the waiting room, and the brain surgeon, Doctor Weinstein, I think the guy. I, I just because you know Weinstein, Weinberg, you know Weinkoff, Weisskoff, they're all this right. The brain surgeon comes out and says, "Mister So and So, I was able to." Stop the bleeding. Your wife is going to be perfectly fine. She's just going to need a little time to convalesce. I just have to ask 
there was something unusual. I, I was curious, and the, the Mr. Smith said, "What's that?" And the doctor said, "We did an MRI to see where the damage to the brain was, and we noticed there was a golf ball stuck in her rectum." Can you? What, what happened? And the husband said, "Oh, that." That's easy. That was my mulligan. <laughs> but I boom. Amazing. Poor Westchester Country Club. Where are you going? So that's that's your mulligan. What are you saying about Cuppy? What were you, where are you going with Cuppy? Yeah, he, he, that was his line. There's no mulligan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was free associated. Okay. All right. So, anyway, uh, 52 minutes. I think we call it here, and hopefully we can we can do it tomorrow. What do you think? If anyone that, that wants to comment or antagonize Morris, ibwoc.com or insidebaseballcast at Gmail. I think there's some guys that I still have to forward to Anthony Peters. I thank Anthony Peters for taking those people on and, and adding them to his list because with everything that's going on in Europe right now, getting him who has a front row seat to it in Europe and his perspective being a seasoned vet and understanding geopolitics far better than my, you know, my, my expertise on geopolitical affairs. Um, I I've really leaned on him to get a, a, a good, what's the word I'm looking for? A good international view rather than what, you know, listening to CNN, Fox news, uh, whatever else the other networks are that people get their information from here. Um, but I thought he's been critical lately throughout this and, and an yeah. awesome, awesome perspective. Um, so yeah, let's come back tomorrow. Um, or yeah, we'll come yeah. back tomorrow and we'll talk about um, the, the, you know, the market. The markets. Yeah, never miss a Sunday show. <laughs> Can we talk about nickel tomorrow? Can we talk about the London Metal Exchange? Can, tomorrow. can some people yeah. send, have the? I want the listeners to send me their thoughts on what happened with the nickel and the London Metal Exchange because people yeah. have real strong feelings about what's yeah. going on there. You know, and the, it is the, a yeah. fascinating story. Yeah, I, you give me a chance to bone up on that because I, okay. I was, um, I was uh, shockingly busy Thursday and Friday with the gold. I, I, I don't know. It's like a new me. I was in the flow trading. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I, I, I don't want to put a number on how many contracts I traded on Thursday and Friday. It was uh -huh. mind numb. It was mind numbing. I just, wow. it was like I was 30 years old. And uh, in fact, I traded so big that the clearing broker suspended orders going in because I had exceeded. Uh, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> I just, it was just. Hold on. Say that again. What got suspended? You got a, what got stopped? What got suspended? So so they have different ways of doing this. Like you have contract limits. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for example, your account, if you trade more than 500, they freeze it and decide whether they'll let you trade more. Okay. So I had gotten in a couple of ways over time my limits have gone up to institutional levels. Okay. So not, not only did I violate those, there's premium limits. And I started bumping up against, against those. Stop. Okay. Stop, and, stop, and, stop, and, stop. And, and, and it, the good news is it all worked out fine. But <laughs> it was... 
Okay. All right. So you, you're going to have to divulge as much as you possibly can because now you can't bait these people because now everyone wants to know. So that we know that you've been increased to institutional levels and you're pushing the limits of those. Oh, okay? yeah. So, so oh, yeah. folks, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Never miss a Sunday show. Sunday's going to be a big day. All right, buddy. I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Well, pal. Nice to see you. Cheers. Likewise.